Good morning, everyone. My name is Father Miguel, and I am so happy to be here with all of you today. Um, I'm newly, newly assigned, pa uh, not pastor, uh, <laughs> newly assigned uh, parochial vicar uh, here to, to be with you all. And I look forward to so many years of just joyful ministry of serving the Lord and, of course, loving the Lord and loving you and serving you as well. Uh, so it's a great joy for me to be here. Um, we, excuse me. Uh, I just want to know, just because I'm, I'm here, I'm new, uh, I'm a stranger, so I want to make sure that that doesn't uh, stay very long. Uh, so for today, I just want to share a little bit of my own testimony and mainly focus on the moment of my conversion, just so you get to know me a little better. And then from there, we jump in to God's Word, who has so many good things to say to us today. And so I want to begin with a PlayStation story. Uh, when, I, uh, when I grew up, right, my parents were very devout. They came from Mexico. They brought all their uh, traditions, cultures, and uh, one of the things was the daily rosary. And so we prayed the rosary, went to Mass every Sunday. So the context of me growing up, everything was uh, all about the faith. But in my heart, it was not. Uh, in my life, I did not want to be, uh, do anything really with religion. I didn't like praying. Um, but I did it because I knew my parents it was, thought it was important, and because they thought it was important, I had to do it. Uh, and then, that was, so that was me. So fast forward, and it comes my freshman year of high school, and my parents wanted me go on a youth group retreat. They wanted me to go on a youth group retreat to prepare to receive the sacrament of confirmation. Uh, and so when I heard about this youth group retreat, I had no idea what it was. Never heard of a retreat before, but all I knew was that it was on a weekend, and it was about God, uh, religion, and I had wanted nothing to do with it. And so here's where the PlayStation story comes into play. See, God uh, wanted me to go there, and so he, he did so in a very personal way, in a very funny way, uh, but super personal. And he did so by putting a thought in my head, and that thought was was this, because one, oh, hold on, maybe backstory. This is, this is a thought before, because my father told me, he was like, son, we want you to go on the retreat. And I said, no, thank you. And they said, well, no, we want you to go on this retreat. And I said, well, I don't want to go on this retreat. And they looked at me and said, well, we're not asking you. We're telling you to go on this retreat. And I looked at them and I was mad and just like in the first reading, the prophet Ezekiel said that the house of Israel was a rebellious house, my heart was a rebellious heart. And I screamed. And I said, no, no, no. And so my father was worried. And uh, he said, okay, son, promise me you'll pray for one week and I'll accept whatever response you give me. And I said in my heart, perfect. I won't pray that week and I'm going to say no at the end. So that was my master plan. And then during that week in the middle, that's when the thought came in from the Lord. I said, hold on a second. I don't have a job and I want a PlayStation. And I remembered going, finding uh, some website called Lockers, I forget, where if I like redeem, I could redeem points uh, for prizes, for doing some games or surveys. Anyway, I found a way to get a PlayStation for free. My father said no previously. So the thought was, I got it. 
I can make a deal. You know, he, he said no before, so it's completely safe. But I'll, I'll propose him this deal. That was a thought. And so I approached my father that day in the living room uh, later on the week, and I said, hey, Dad. He goes, yes? I'm like, do you remember uh, that website I talked about? You know the way I can get that PlayStation uh, for free? I don't know if you remember. He was like, yeah, yeah I do. I'm like, well, tell you what. I'll go on that retreat if you let me get that PlayStation. And his eyes get real wide and big. And later on, later in the years, he told me that in his head, he thought, wow, Lord, is this really the way in which you're going to bring my son to the retreat? (laughs) And so he said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll let you do that. And I sat on the couch completely taken aback. I sat completely flabbergasted. I said, oh my gosh, he said yes. Oh my goodness, I am going on this retreat. What's a retreat? (laughs) (laughs) And so then, uh, this is the second part, the biggest moment of the conversion, where on the retreat, the first night of the retreat, after I go there, after I meet everyone, I had no idea who, who, who's who and what's what, they, they separate us into boys and girls and in the small groups. And the first night of the retreat, in the small group, they ask all of us one question. Why are you here? <laughs> and I knew my answer. <laughs> and I knew they weren't going to like it. Uh, but, I, but I kept quiet because I knew I, was not, I wasn't the first one to go. I was the last one. And so I waited, and I waited to hear the response to the very first uh, guy there. And he goes, I'm here to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I looked at him, I said, what? What do you say? I'm like, okay, all right, this is interesting. And the next guy goes and he says, I'm here to grow in my Catholic faith. I said, hold the phone, where am I? And then the next guy, he said the same thing, and the next, and the next. And all of a sudden, it came to me, and I didn't know what to say anymore. The whole time, I thought, you know, the faith was something uncool, totally lame, just something your parents do. And yet here I'm surrounded by a bunch of men who are witnessing to the faith, and it caught me by surprise. It was my turn. Didn't know what to say. And that's when God's grace came into work. That's when God's grace came to play. And all of a sudden, I found myself saying these words. I'm here to make my parents' faith my own. And now when all the guys heard that, they started slapping me on the shoulder like, all right, man, that's awesome, wonderful. And in my heart, I'm saying, what's going on? What's going on? You know, why, why am I saying this? But, that, but that, that opened my heart. The Lord began to open my heart just with that simple uh, phrase. And during the retreat, I began to discover that the Lord was real, that the Lord is real. And I began to see that God is truly alive, that Jesus is alive, and I was found, and he found me. Though I, I didn't know how to articulate it at the time. And I left that retreat impacted with a powerful encounter with the Lord on fire for him. And when my dad picked me up later on that I retreat, uh, I started going, Dad, oh my gosh, you know there's Christian music, you know there's this or that, I want to go in youth group, I want to... 
And he looks at me and says, what have you done with my son? You know, who are you? But that was, that was the beginning. That was the start. Because once I realized that Jesus is alive, and, I, and he entered into my heart, I accepted him, then I realized that Jesus is alive in me. And the joy within me began to overflow in abundance. I found meaning in my life. I found a new direction and a new goal. And I found the Lord speak to me so much. But it didn't stop there. As soon as I went into confirmation, I realized I have to pick a confirmation saint. And this is the last story. I had to pick a confirmation saint. Who it was, I didn't know. And so I tried to look it up, nothing clicked. And then I finally asked the Lord, like, Lord, speak. Who, would it, who is it you want me to choose? Because I want to make sure it's the right one. And I kid you not, at that moment, I felt this flood of consolation. I felt this amazing, this powerful sense of the Lord's presence, this energy. And I had this great picture of St. John the Baptist appear in my mind. I said, St. John the Baptist, okay, that's the one. I felt convicted that that was the one Jesus was showing me who to pick and choose. Though I tell you, I had, I had no real attraction or desire to choose St. John the Baptist. I thought he was kind of strange how he appeared in the Gospels. And yet I was convicted that he was the one. Later on, when I, when I entered seminary and I applied, I discovered that I was baptized on the nativity of St. John the Baptist. And so God is always speaking to our lives and reveals to us uh, his plan when we don't even know it. And so I share that, and maybe some of you, maybe some of you have your own conversion story uh, that you can relate to. Maybe you can remember, some of us can remember a time when you've, you've encountered the Lord in a powerful way, or you had that experience of consolation of joy in your heart. Maybe some of us have felt the Lord alive in us, or maybe some of us want that. Maybe some of us are not feeling any of that joy or any of that uh, spirit of being alive in God. Maybe some of us are here, uh, we're gathered here, and we're, we're all gathered here on the 4th of July, and we're here, we're excited for the fireworks, we're excited for celebrating our nation's independence and freedom. But all of us here, no matter where we are, God wants to speak to us. God wants us to hear what he has to, what he has to say for you. God wants to speak to you and hear his word, his plan for you. And so that word, we're going to be here in the first reading. That word we see, just as John the Baptist, who was a prophet, eagerly proclaimed God's word and received it, we hear too in the prophet Ezekiel in the first reading. And we hear in the readings today that God is indeed speaking to all of us here. And so let's take a look. What is God saying to us today? We see in the first reading the call story of the prophet Ezekiel. God is calling him to rise and stand on your feet, he says to him. Stand on your feet. Now to stand on your feet in ancient Israel is to take on a posture of prayer. It also means to take on a posture of attentiveness. So God is saying, Ezekiel, arise and be attentive. Ezekiel, arise and listen to my word. And so he says that to Ezekiel, and I tell you, he says this to all of you here as well. 
And Ezekiel says, not only that, arise, and he says, this is what you are to proclaim. I send you to rebellious house. And you are to say, thus says the Lord. Ezekiel is sent to proclaim his word. And we see if we fast forward to the gospel, we know Jesus who is recognized as a prophet and yet rejected. But Jesus in his ministry comes to proclaim the word. He is the word of God and he speaks the Father's message. But let's go back to the first reading again, to Ezekiel. See, God, Ezekiel is hearing the call of the prophet, and it's the mark of the prophet, of all prophets called by God, of Ezekiel, St. John the Baptist, of everyone, to listen to God's word, to be attentive to what the Lord God has to say. That is the mark of the true prophet. And Jesus, of course, in the gospel, listens and eagerly does the Father's will. He listens to the word. And God warned Ezekiel that the rebellious house he preaches to, they won't, they won't accept it, or they might not because they're stubborn of heart, and yet they'll recognize the prophets among them. So to Jesus, he is the prophet. He proclaims the word. And yet he is rejected by his hometown. But yet they still know that a prophet is among them. And so why is that important for us, all of us here today? Why is that important for us? Well, here's the reason. All of us here are baptized. And we're baptized, we're baptized into Christ Jesus. And just as Jesus humbled himself to share in our humanity and gives us so we can share in his divinity, so he has us share in his prophetic office. All of us are called like Jesus, like the prophet Ezekiel, like all, of, all the prophets of old, to be attentive, to listen to God's word. And so why is that important? Well, it's very important for us to recognize that we're prophets, to listen to God's word, especially today as we celebrate the 4th of July, the independence of our nation, celebrate the freedom we have. Because without God's word, without engaging his word and listening to it, there is no freedom. Without God's word, there is no freedom. Because Jesus said, Jesus is the word of God, and he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And it is the truth, that scripture says, that will set us free. It is Jesus is the prophet that comes to proclaim salvation to the world and that will free us from the bonds of sin. And it's also our freedom that we have, which is the power to do what is good. We ought to do what is true. And so without knowing the word of God, without engaging it, we're, no able, we're not able to proclaim that truth to the world. We're not able to be free from sin or in the truth. And without that freedom, there is no that joy. And so just a few questions to reflect on for yourself as you wish to engage God's words, and it's only two. Or one, who are we listening to? Are we engaging God's word? Because I think most often we can tend to listen more to our favorite celebrity or our favorite politician. But how many of us engage God's word? And so that's a calling for all of us today. That's a calling for all of us who are prophets, who God wishes to speak his word to us. It's to engage his word, to stand and be attentive because imagine all of us, imagine all of us as prophets, able to speak God's truth to the world, God's word 
to the world and, and hear God's word in our life. From there, there will come true freedom and there will come true joy.